All right. Hello, everyone. And um, it's so great to be here. Uh, we have in our midst Oluwa Shewa Dekboju. Um, is is an amazing person and is a very invest is, is someone that's very invested in the topic about ecosystems. And today we'll be discussing the venture matrix for the future of Africa series five, where we talk about the possibility of an ecosystem that can radically disrupt the, the economic narrative of Africa right now. You know, um, this is this is a very important discussion that we need to have because if we are going to create change that is sustainable, we have to create systems that make sure that we have that outcome. Um, you know, we have an integrity of outcome, you know, so that whenever we, we have input, we can always be sure to some degree that we're going to have a, an outcome. And the way economics, um, the, the way economic narratives are formed are through the ecosystems producing those narratives. And, you know, I'm, I'm so delighted to have um, Mr. Aluashion with us. So how are you feeling today, sir? Yeah, I'm feeling good. And it's a great pleasure to have this conversation with everyone this afternoon. Um, I'm really glad at what you're doing with Venture Matrix and um, it's a big privilege to be part of this today. All right, awesome. So we're going to jump right into the conversation. Um, so on the forum, on the Venture, we normally have um, four sections of 15 minutes conversations each. And what we try to establish is um, the first section, which is the trivia. We try to establish um, the, the, the motive, if I would call it that, or the area of interest in this conversation with the stakeholder that we have in our midst. We want to understand your what, your why, your how, right? We just want to establish a human connection with you as regards the topic. Then number two, the second section is we're going to have a discourse. And what we do on the discourse is to have an understanding of the parameters of what we're trying to have a conversation about so that everybody can speak the same language. Then we're going to jump right into the strategy section because the, the context here is about increasing the participation of young people, especially the undergraduate community in the conversation about defining Africa's pros um, prosperous destiny. And then the last section is the forum where we focus on the one thing that we need to take concerted and deliberate action right now. So first question I want to ask is, um, I personally know that um, while you were in Nigeria, you were very, and I mean, very active in the Ibadan, Ibadan space, especially the University of Ibadan. And you even had engagements that, you know, drove conversations about the startup ecosystem in Ibadan, you know, stemming from that undergraduate community. So first thing we will need to learn, you know, is that is this converse, what's, what's the actual value or worth of this conversation? What are the untapped values? What are the untapped opportunities within the undergraduate community that you have seen and you think have not been explored enough or we need to focus on exploring? Yeah, uh, very interesting question. And um, let me thank you again for, um, I'm really impressed uh, with what you're doing and uh, gathering the undergraduate communities together. Uh, before I answer that question, I would want to drift a little. Um, before we talk about potentials and untapped potentials and opportunities that advance in the undergraduate community, I want to ask the undergraduate a question. And that question is, what do they call themselves, right? Without you uh, knowing who you are, you cannot talk about potentials and uh, talk about the things you can do. I hope I can share my screen. I want to show just um, one thing, if you can give me the permission. Okay, I'm going to, yes, I'm going to make you a host. So okay. when you just, um, 
All right, done. Okay, cool. So um, I'll go ahead to share my screen. minutes okay so okay can you yeah can you see my screen now can you see my screen okay cool yeah, so um, I want to show you this. Um, for you to talk about untapped potentials in an ecosystem, you need to understand who you are. Without you understanding who you are, you cannot um, identify potentials. And uh, generally, I, I always tell young people that we are already calling you a human being. But um, have you ever sat down to understand your humankind? Without you understanding your humankind, your being, Will not really make sense and that is one thing i want to um, um reiterate this um afternoon now as undergraduates you are the one standing you are the black um individual standing here and there's a road that connects you to your graduation the nigerian undergraduates generally have been made to believe that the only thing they should look forward to is graduation as undergraduates because they are undergraduates now but what they have not been able to define is that the word undergraduate does not mean that they should underperform. It does not mean that they should undervalue themselves. The word undergraduate should, does not mean that they should underthink. It does not even mean that they should underhand, right? So the journey to graduation is not the only thing you are looking forward to. What you're looking forward to is not just to wear this cap that you see here, because the dream of most undergraduate students in Nigeria and in Africa generally is to graduate. That is not the only thing you are looking forward to. And I want to really reiterate that. Before you talk about you identifying the values um, and the potential that exists in your immediate environment, you must un um, understand who you are. Now, in the university as undergraduates, this is a university here. You are, you are leaving the university with four things. As undergraduates, when you graduate, you can leave the university with four things. Right? You may leave the university with your certificate. You may leave the university with the knowledge of schooling. You may leave the university with education. And you may leave the university with self-discovery. Now, if you leave the university with your certificate, you may get a job. That is normal. When you leave the university with schooling, when you say somebody is highly schooled in something, you may be able to create a job. When you leave the university with education, you may be able to create value, right? But when you leave the university with self-discovery, you are a dangerous person because you, you, you may be able to change the course of history in your immediate environment and world over, right? So this is the foundation of my conversation on undergraduates, you know, understanding the potentials and the untapped opportunities in their immediate environment. When you have discovered yourself, you'll be able to know the value that you can bring on board and you'll be able to see the problems that exist in your environment that you can disrupt, right? So as an undergraduate, it does not mean that you should undervalue yourself. 
your, your aim is not just to earn that certificate or to wear that pay. The, um, what you're looking forward to is more than that. Now, in your immediate environment, there are um, several opportunities that exist. And I, I think that the greatest innovation are not spoon-fed innovation. I may list a lot of potentials now, tell you you can start this kind of business, you can disrupt this space. But the truth is I can only list the ones I know myself. And innovation and ideas are embedded in people, the, the type of innovation that the world has never seen before. As we are all on this call, there are thousands of innovation that the world has never seen before. And I can only list the one I have identified myself. So innovation and untapped potentials are not about spoon feeding people what they should do. But when they discover themselves, they will be able to see what they can do, right? So uh, that's my response to that. Self-discovery first, and I'm going to touch on those untapped potentials uh, in the course of this conversation. But we must start with this. And as we go into the conversation, begin to think about um, what is your aim of being an undergraduate? Is it just to graduate and when they call, where are the graduates? You come out with your certificate. Or you want to be truly educated and discover yourself before you leave the shores of the university. I want you to know that the university is just, you spend maximum of six years if you study medicine. And beyond that wall of the university, there, is, there are other opportunities that advance before you leave between your four years and your six years, right? So uh, let's start from self-discovery and begin to think about why are you an undergraduate? And what has the word undergraduate done to your self-esteem? As it, um, as it, the word under there, does it mean undervalue yourself? Does it mean you are dependent for the rest of your days as an undergraduate? Does it mean that you are you, you do not have um, the power to create anything? Does it mean underthink? Does it mean under-innovate? So think, begin to think about what the word under in your undergraduate has done to you as an individual. Then that can lead you to ask questions and then that leads you to identifying on top potentials yourself. But I'm going to list some before we leave this conversation. Thank you. So yeah, I can hear you. Okay, yes, thank you. <laughs> so please, um, okay, do you, you still have more slides, right? No, you need to unmute yourself. You're currently mute, sir. Okay, so um, I have like two more slides, but that can come later. Or you want me to talk about my slides? Okay, no, I, I was thinking maybe you should remain the host, but ju just give me um, the ability to unmute myself. And okay. then maybe you can also give me um, permission to record because we're supposed to be recording this, but that's not a problem. So just remain the host and then uh, just give me... Okay, yep. okay, and then just give me... Okay, so I can unmute myself. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I, I love... I love your response because it just totally opens a new perspective to how I'm currently thinking about the untapped potential of the undergraduate community. Because I was thinking purely in economic terms, but it actually always starts from the human capacity of the members of that undergraduate community. So that, that was such a, 
an insightful mind-opening um, response. So we'll tackle that better during the strategy session. But, you know, I don't get too excited and, you know, stray away from, 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 from the focus. So we're still talking trivia here. Um, this, 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 this mass level of undiscovery of, you know, people's talents, people's economic potential, especially in the undergraduate community, because of maybe a way of thinking or just because the environment doesn't support it, has created a gap, an economic gap that is defining the ecosystem that we find ourselves in, in Nigeria and in Africa, right? And I, I want us to quickly tap into, I know it's a trivia, but I want us to quickly tap into your exposure to ecosystems because I know you've exposed yourself to ecosystems across the world. What do you think is that major gap between the undergraduate community and the African um, economic um, creation ecosystem? Uh, that's a very interesting question. I think um, from my experience, the first gap is that um, we, we, we used to clamor, as young people, for example, we used to clamor to be on the table of decision making, mm. right? Now, we have been given a place on the table, but we are on the table, but we are not with the table, mm. right? Um, mm. If you look at this, right, we want to be on the table. We want to be part of the decision making to bridge the gap in this ecosystem. Now, we've been invited to the table, but we are on the table, but we are not part of the table. We mm. are on the dining table, but our own chair as young people has been, um, you know, has been facing another direction for a long time, right? Now, in my practical experience with uh, ecosystem building, uh, for example, in Nigeria, I've noticed that the people who are decision makers um, to make the ecosystem thrive and to help young people to discover their potentials and create value, they are also um, operating in fragmented cycles, mm. right? The, the mm. collaboration in the ecosystem is very, very um, low. And that was one of my passion for the Nigerian innovation ecosystem at some point in time, right? So the gap of, uh, so the, the practical ecosystem is there. And now we're talking about undergraduates. Most universities have, um, for example, Department of Entrepreneurship. Some universities have um, entrepreneurial center. Now, what is being done in the university as um, entrepreneurship is different from what is being done in the actual ecosystem as entrepreneurship. Now, a university professor who is supposed to help young people you know, in the ecosystem, the entrepreneurial ecosystem to create value is just publishing papers on entrepreneurial um, issues without having the practical understanding of what is happening in the industry. Now, the industry practitioners are beefing the people in the university because they feel these people are academic entrepreneurs. They don't know anything about the real issues in the market. Now, there's a, um, a division that is going on. Now, when undergraduates are coming from that thought pattern of academic entrepreneurship into actual get dirty entrepreneurship, they are shocked because where they are coming from is not the same as where they are entering. You know, so there's, there's a division in the ecosystem from that perspective. Number two, uh, another number two gap that I've discovered is that most young people, are, they don't understand what it means to create value. They just, you know, they've, they've, also, they've always told them to start something. That when you graduate, there's no job. Start something. Start doing this thing. Start doing business. But they do not have the right understanding of what it means to be a startup. 
Many young people want to be a boss without creating value, first of all. And once you start out your value creation journey with the intention of being a boss, you have already failed. Because entrepreneurship is first of all a risk. It is first of all um, try and error, you know? So once you start out with create, um, being a boss, rather than creating value, you have gotten it wrong from the onset, right? And that is a big gap. Um, and, and I've discovered that from working with startups in different parts of Nigeria. Most startups are upstart. They've already, they are not startup, they are upstart. They are, already, they are already at the end of the journey when they've not started, right? They are already um, profiling themselves on LinkedIn as um, a, a global director of a conglomerate when they've not registered the business, right? They are already calling themselves directors and CEOs, you know, without, they've not gotten the model of their value creation correctly. So there's that gap of understanding of what entrepreneurship is all about. There's that gap of understanding what startup is all about. And there's that gap of understanding what value creation is all about. Without that understanding, the gap will continue to get wide. Now, the number three gap is that, um, most young people, especially undergraduate, think money is everything. They think, when you ask them, oh, you told me about this idea several years ago, what are you doing about it? They will say they are waiting for money. Now, if you are not prepared for money and money comes, you are going to mess up, right? So the gap of understanding the idea of money and funding and entrepreneurship and in value creation is another big gap. Um, I, I shared a story of four entrepreneurs who were co-founders um, you know, over a year ago, and they, they were really doing well building their platform. But at some point, they got into this pressure to scale when the model is not right. They've not even gotten it correctly. Now, they were looking for funding, and the funding came. When the funding came, they started uh, being entrepreneurial ecosystem mentors. They were traveling all around on speaking engagements, and they abandoned the idea for which they got funded. And in just two years, they went bankrupt and investors were following them everywhere to get their monies back. Because they didn't understand what this value creation is all about. Value creation is about service. It's about uh, creating for the long term, not for the immediate gain. It's about finding a need that you can disrupt and that generations that comes after you will gather around your memory and appreciate that you are the foresight to disrupt that space. It's not just about, you know, when many young people, especially undergraduates, they will appreciate when Dangote buys a new car, but they will not appreciate the process is going through to build another business portfolio. They will appreciate that our dollar bought three cars for his, his children, but they will not appreciate what he has gone through, you know, to get to that stage uh, when he can afford $1 million to buy three cars at once, right? So it is important that the, 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 the value system of undergraduate and young people change. If that can change, we can bridge uh, the three gaps of understanding what value creation is from their side. And then the gap of the disparity between the university, that is the town, the gown, and the actual business environment, um, which is the town, will be able to bridge that gap as well. If the undergraduate can bridge the gap of understanding what it is all about from their side.
All right, amazing, amazing, amazing responses. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to take um, one last question for the trivia, which is, okay, now that I've been able to identify these gaps, what do you think is the biggest area of impact that is, number one, affecting that value creation ecosystem um, um, of, of Africa, of Nigeria, of Africa, and then the undergraduate participation in that ecosystem, what is the biggest area of impact amongst these these gaps that are creating these dysfunctions? Okay, so um, that's a very good question. My straight away answer to that is that we need reachable mentors. Mm. Mm. We need reachable mentors. Um, mm. I've I've had the opportunity of reaching out to people I thought could mentor me in the entrepreneurship ecosystem, and I discovered at the end of the day that they were just noise makers. <laughs> now, when, when a young person comes to you, maybe by the virtue of what you've been able to do in your industry, and a young person comes to you for mentorship, right? Mm. And they, they, want, they have genuine questions. They want answers uh, that can help them channel their energies correctly. And mm. all you are telling them is, na God help me, na God. Right. Mm. Yes. You, mm. We must be able to become reachable and sincere mentors, right? Mm. And we must be sincere to share our mistakes and failures with mm. young people. And mm. that is what I think is we really need in that, in, among all those guys that I've talked about. We need mm. reachable and sincere mentors who will tell you the way it is, right? Mm. And um, we need uh, mentors that are ready to be vulnerable to share their stories with young people. Now, mm. when, the, when you look at some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world, they had reachable mentors, people who showed them the value of money, people who showed them the value of networks, people who showed them the value of leverage, people who showed them the value of relationships mm. to, in, in, in value creation. But we, we lack that a lot in Nigeria, you know, because once some um, entrepreneurs get to this stage where they are becoming um, a force in the ecosystem, and the celebration is coming and the futures on international media is coming, we, we, we tend to lose them to this stage that is unreachable, to this mm. um, platform that is highly and highly um, elevated and lofty that young people cannot reach out to them. You know? mm. So we need reachable mentors, we need more mentors. And um, I published a few days ago on, on my page that we need three people as young people, you need to meet three people as young people. And that is, you need a mentor um, that speaks to you. Mm. Or you need a coach that speaks to you. You need a mentor that speaks with you. And you mm. need a sponsor that speaks about you behind the closed doors where you do not have a mouth. Wow. You know? And these are the three type of people we need in mm. this value creation ecosystem for young mm. people. Me mm. and you, we need to be reachable mentors. We need to be you know, we need to be a true coach. So we need, they need that coach that speaks to them. Mm. They need that mentor that speaks with them. And they mm. need that sponsor that speaks about them where they do not have a mouth. If we can have these three people, and these three set of people can be combined in one person, and we can have them also in clusters. If the young people have access to these to this three type of people, the mm. value creation ecosystem in Nigeria and Africa will be greatly transformed. Thank you. Mm. Thanks to um, people like Tony Lumelu. Thanks to people like uh, Strive Masi Yua, who are trying mm. to give back to the young people and they are becoming more reachable. They are becoming more personal in mentorship for young people 
in the uh, value creation ecosystem. But we need more. We need more people. We just don't want to see our successful entrepreneurs as millionaires who have gone ahead. If we are going to create strong institutions that will transcend generations to come, we need to have these three um, types of people as mentors, as ecosystem um, mentors, stakeholders, the value creation ecosystem of Nigeria. Wow, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, this, so let's dive right into the discourse, right? About how ecosystems are built. But 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 to 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 buttress your point, um, the area of mentorship being the, the biggest impact um, um, area also makes us ask the flip side of the question, which is how many undergraduates are actually mentorable? That means until undergraduates begin to actually put in an effort to solve their local problems, mm -hmm. we cannot we cannot best exploit that area that big impact of mentorship for example now uh, i have the privilege of having you here right now if i have not put in any effort to bridge the gap between undergraduate community and then the african ecosystem i cannot get your mentorship it is as simple as that mm -hmm. so let us now discuss how ecosystems are built because in the venture matrix one thing i highlighted is that one foundational thing that must be done that will correct this dysfunction within our system is the creation of an enabling environment. If students do not see um, um, a, a, a way to opportunity, a way to a better life through this route that we're trying to chart, through this mentorship we're trying to provide, once it doesn't align with their, their, their self-beliefs or, or dreams, then there's no need to get involved. So how are ecosystems built to actually be inclusive and um, sustainable, right, mm. for, 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 for economic value creation? And, and before you answer that, sir, can you please, I think you should make me the host because there's some settings I have to quickly do. Okay. All right, thank you. Yes. Yeah, uh, so that's a very interesting question. And I would respond, first of all, to... Um, your concern about the fact that if somebody is not mentorable, it will be hard for a mentor to come on board, right? Yes. And, and I agree with you. Uh, I think uh, this also connects back to the first thing I said about self-discovery. Mm. If you discover yourself, you are able to, you know, you know, put yourself in that position where a mentor is willing to mentor you. Yes. When you, are, you have something you are bringing to the table. And then many young people have been, I've gone to many places to speak. And after the speaking engagement, you see a lot of young people come to you. I would like exactly. you to be my mentor, sir. I would like mm. you to be my mentor, sir. Mm. And three days after you have met them, the next thing they are um, asking you is, um, they are bringing personal family problems, first of all, mm. right? Mm -hmm. That is not mentorship, right? Mm. Mentorship can get to that stage. But many undergraduate need to understand that Mentorship is first of all about value exchange. Value. Wow. Yes, yes. sir. Mentorship mm. is first of all about value exchange. If you're looking for, so there, there's a difference between a financial sponsor and a mentor. A mm. mentor can be your financial sponsor, but it doesn't start with being a financial sponsor. Mm. Right? The fact that somebody has become very successful in this field and you want to be in that field and become even yet greater than the person you must not start that relationship with your personal problems, mm. right? Your personal pro problems can be solved when you have exchanged value to a point where the person has become more of a father, a brother, and a, uh, and a family 
right? Mm. Now, mm. I, I did a program for a mentor of mine. He was a distant um, elder brother. But in 2017, the person, I was still in Nigeria then, the person reached out to me and said, okay, I want to give back to the Nigerian community. I, I want to come home. Can you organize um, a workshop where I come to speak to young people? He was in Australia. I was in Nigeria. We, don't, we never shared any close relationship, but we only met in the university before he graduated from his master's degree. And he mm -hmm. knew I was active in the Ibadan ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And all I did was, he asked me to send a quote of what I would need to spend to organize that event, right? Mm -hmm. And I gave him a budget and he sent the money. We organized the event and I ensured that I had a receipt for every penny spent from the money he sent to me. And we gathered mm. 250 young people at the University of Ibadan, and he came wow. to speak to them, right? Mm. And at the end of the event, he mentioned something when I went to his hotel room before he traveled back to Australia. And he said, um, not many young people can do what you have just done. Mm. The money I sent to you, I didn't tell you to account for it, but you had thought it wise to account for every penny, right? Mm. And the gift he gave me after that event was, almost close to the amount of money we used to organize the event. Mm. Value exchange. And then, you know, I was able to be his foot soldier in Nigeria for most of his projects. And that is mentorship. That, at that point in time, I had personal needs, but I ensured that I did not start that relationship, right, by asking for my personal needs. Because mm. I, I know that value exchange is very, very, very important. So young people, um, you know, must learn that. Value exchange is the foundation of mentorship. If you don't have something, when I met Stoyin, for example, I think you had, you brought on board, you brought to the table a huge value system that when I read some of your portfolios and the things coming out of your mouth, I checked what you've been doing online. I was glad to be part of what you're doing. Mm. If you don't have anything you are bringing to the table, a mentor might not give you an audience. So that's mm. to clarify that. Now, going to how um, ecosystems are being built, right? From the definition of ecosystem, uh, a lot of um, different parts of a system working together, you know, for the, for, um, for the objective and for the dream of the general interest of that ecosystem. So ecosystem, when we talk about the innovation or value creation ecosystem generally, there are different actors and stakeholders in that space. Um, we have the, generally, if we are to break the innovation ecosystem into two, we have the knowledge economy and the market economy. If we break it into two broad parts, but if we want to break it into all the actors working together, then we have the entrepreneurs, we have the, um, um, the venture capitalists, we have the research and development space, we have the um, ecosystem mentors, we have the market economy people, such as uh, marketers, advertisers, and every other person working together in that ecosystem. Now, I will, have, mm. I will need to speak to the two broad division because this speaks more to the undergraduates, um, the knowledge economy and the market economy. Okay. Now, between the knowledge economy, the knowledge economy is maybe you are an, an independent entrepreneur spinning your idea in your room. You are in the university as an undergraduate, or you are already under incubation or acceleration program uh, with a tech hub or with uh, an uh, entrepreneurial incubation system. 
Now, between the knowledge um, uh, economy and the market economy, there's a gap called the value of debt. Mm. So uh, I think you guys should read more about it. Uh, and I've, I've, I have a lot of articles online and even an academic article on the value of debt in the Nigerian innovation ecosystem. Um, when my research in South Korea was based on that, how most Nigerian um, entrepreneurs don't survive the value of debt between their idea conception and putting a product out to the market, right? That value is um, very dangerous for Nigerian value creators. Many, I know the lifespan of an average new company or a new business in Nigeria is two years before they die, you know? So it, it's very important that we understand how ecosystems are being created. And in the innovation ecosystem, nobody's an island. You need to uh, agree with every other person in that um, ecosystem for, the, for you to become successful. Now, I would like to mention that it is better for you to be a 2% shareholder in the ecosystem and become successful than for you to plan to own 90% in that ecosystem and you fail. Because you must be ready to agree with all the people in the ecosystem for you to be successful. No one is an island in that ecosystem. So ecosystem is being created by collaboration. And I want to know that like, collaboration is the new competition. In the value creation ecosystem, where you have the entrepreneurs or the startups, as the case may be, where you have the acceleration and the incubators, uh, the accelerators and the incubators, I beg your pardon. And then you have the government, right? Without right government policy, your idea cannot scale. Then you have the research and development centers. Then you have the um, venture capitalists or angel investors. You have the, you have the customers or yeah. the buyers, yeah. you know, in that ecosystem. And then you have the, the advertisers and the marketers and the design thinking experts that, uh, or the customer journey mapping experts that helps you to scale when you get more investment. So those mm -hmm. are the actors in the ecosystem and they all work together, you know, to make that ecosystem what it is. But without you agreeing and cooperating, it's like you are driving on the road. Maybe you have to resume in the office by 8 a.m. in Lagos and you leave your house very early in the morning and you're driving. You have to compete and collaborate at the same time. You have to compete and cooperate. In this ecosystem, competition and cooperation work together, right? So when you are driving on the road in the morning and you have to get to the office by 8 a.m., you are allowed to overtake, you know? When the road is clear, you overtake, you, have, uh, you are competing. But also when there is an oncoming truck, and you have to get to work very early and you are behind another vehicle, you have to cooperate with the truck that is coming if you don't want to die, right? So competition and cooperation are the key uh, elements in this ecosystem. And that is how the ecosystem runs. So I guess I've been able to give a good response to that. Yes, uh, very sufficient, very well-rounded. Wow, my, my, mind is, my mind is blown. Thank you so much for such an insightful response. So. Um, yeah, so as I said, I always like to, you know, use the second questions to leverage up the experience and exposure of, of our guests. So um, you, you've been able to decipher what an ecosystem means, you know, in its most basic and skeletal form. 
But what do you think, you know, as I said, you've been, you've been to Asia, you've been to, of course, Africa. I don't know many other continents, but I'm sure you've been to other continents. What are the elements that you've seen as being consistent in vibrant value creation ecosystems? What, what are the elements so that you can use this as measurable platforms when we finally decide to get involved with creating a living environment, creating institutions to, to democratize the power of that environment, which now forms our own form of, you know, value creation ecosystem. So what are the vibrant, what are the elements of a vibrant value creation ecosystem? Uh, thank you so much. I think the most consistent and vital creating um, a vibrant ecosystem that I've seen everywhere in the world is entrepreneurial support structure. Wow. Entrepreneurial mm. support structure. Now, in Africa, we do not have enough seed funding. Wow. But, you know, when, when somebody comes to you that ah, I have mm. this idea, I want to test on it. I don't know if it will um, make sense, but you know, I need to test it out. In other parts of the world, um, for I know of the US, there is a lot of structure for seed funding mm. in the US. In Europe, um, I had um, a business call with somebody in Netherlands yesterday for a collaborative um, investment platform. And the person was telling me about how the government of Netherlands has been able to create a lot of seed funding portfolio for young people, you know, to test run their ideas. And this is how the innovation ecosystem becomes a boom, right? Now, I've seen that everywhere in the world without the right support system structure for entrepreneurship and value creation. There's always that, um, uh, that um, outlook of backwardness hmm. in the ecosystem. You know, so wow. we need to create that structure. Um, you know, we, we, we have not gotten to that stage yet in Africa where we can play with our money when it comes to ideas, mm. right? Because mm. ideas require a lot of investment. And mm. when I mean investment, human resource investment, financial investment to test on an idea. Yes, sir. Now, uh, until we get to that point, we will still be at that stage of dreaming to build a successful um, um, business ecosystem and not strong institutions. Wow. Asia as a continent has gone beyond building successful and profitable businesses. They've moved to building strong institutions. And in Africa, we are still at that stage of building profitable businesses. You know, the dream is to build a profitable business. Um, the dream is to build um, uh, a scalable business. But in Asia, for example, they've moved ahead to building strong institutions. Yes, Alibaba is not just a profitable business. It's an institution, a strong mm. institution, right? So Amazon is not a profitable business. It is an institution. And until we have the right support system for entrepreneurial prototyping, we will still be experiencing backwardness in Africa, right? So um, we need to get to that point where we can have structure where we can give $10,000 to this young innovator to test on the idea, to, to prototype on that close monitoring, right? Mm -hmm. We need to get to that point where we can say, take this $5,000, you know, do the prototyping, let us see, right? And this prepares uh, the road for more investment because some investors will want to see what you've done. done they want mm -hmm. to see your numbers. They want mm -hmm. to see how the ideas work, especially when we talk about technology ideas. 
most people just want to see if you tell them about agriculture they know that once you plant this you harvest this that makes sense to them but when you are talking about a technological idea to especially to investors who are um, actually the technology adapted generation because there's a difference between the technology born generation and the technology adapted generation most people who are investors are in the technology adapted generation they don't understand some of the things you are explaining on blockchain on cryptocurrency on fintech on health technology on ed tech they don't understand they want mm -hmm. to see the demonstration and for mm -hmm. some for sometimes for you to be able to create the demonstration you must have seed funding to actually prototype yes to sir bring the idea to life to mm -hmm. actually have the mvp that you can show right and then so that doesn't that doesn't mean that because sometimes we, we tend to say young people are uh in africa they are lazy they are not lazy i don't agree if we give them the right support support systems they can create something phenomenal that will change the trajectory of africa in entrepreneurship and value creation so that is very consistent everywhere i've gone to wow wow awesome you know one thing i've picked out now is that you know i never thought of this before or you know not articulated in this way but from what you said now that means one of the biggest um, creators or one of the biggest contributors to the dysfunction where the undergraduate community or young people are not actively participating in value creation is because the current systems are too risk averse. We don't have systems that are adapted for risk, right? To yeah. encourage or create an enabling environment for, 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 for um, undergraduates, especially to get involved in entrepreneurship. Awesome. So that begs the third question. Now that we are aware that risk right, is the, is the biggest um, uh, metric for understanding how ecosystems are built to be vibrant. Who are the major stakeholders who need to be convinced or who are the major stakeholders? Okay, let me ask it in, in two ways. Who are the stakeholders who need to be convinced, who need to buy into this need for creating risk, adopt, um, for risk embracing systems, right? And who are the ones who already are convinced but just need to be engaged for us to be able to, to create these systems that make our undergraduate community an enabling environment for value creation? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I would, I'm, I'm glad to answer the two. The first one, who are the people that need to be convinced mm -hmm. um, to create a support system? Everywhere I've gone, um, there's a country called Chile and they started a program called Startup Chile. And the idea behind Startup Chile is that the government created this ministry or this government um, office that is responsible for accelerating entrepreneurial ideas in Chile. Mm -hmm. And they give the money to university students, but you must drop out of the university. Wow. Take that funding to go and work on your idea. It's crazy, wait, right? Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I need to understand this. The government pays you to drop out to create yes. stuff. I'm yes. going to Chile. Wow. They will give you the money as an undergraduate, as long as you can show that you have an idea that is worth investing in. Investing in. You have to leave the university. Wow. And then the government has the structure. You know, once you get the funding, you are under the government incubator and acceleration program. But wow. you have to be to come and face this. Wow. Because they know that to be to be an innovator that will scale, 
the normal classroom, the geology you are studying, the microbiology you are studying might be a distraction to this idea. Mm. They have been able to separate university education and innovation. Mm. Right. So, you know, so I'm saying that to say that in Nigeria, for example, until the government has this structure that supports young people entrepreneurial and uh, young people's entrepreneurial um, ventures, we may not be able to get to that point where we will create multiple um, innovators at the same time in Nigeria. And this is happening all around Africa as well. The biggest supporter of innovation should be the government, right? Yes, sir. Yes. In South Korea, when I was living mm. in South Korea, I, I cannot count the number of times I, was, I, I used a product that is from outside Korea. Mm. There are people drive there on day and care vehicles. You will see other vehicles, you will see Benz, you will see BMW, but the, the, the highest number of vehicles you will see on the road are on day and care produced within the country. They use their Samsung phones, right? So if, if the country can invest you know, in innovation fully, and it, I'm not talking about just, um, just doing it to score political points, I don't mean that. I mean a sustainable entrepreneurial support system plan that has the funding, that has the mentorship, that has the, 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 the uh, scalability plans for young people. And the, the, the use, you know, the use in Nigeria, use Nigerian product made in Nigerian um, advert is just to score political points. You know, it's not, it's not something that we have embraced. What are we producing? When we are even importing toothpick, right? So it is very important that the government is the first mover of this idea of venture creation uh, support, you know, for mm. young innovators in Nigeria. It is their responsibility. And I've seen that everywhere. Chile is doing it. South Korea is doing it. China is doing it. Um, the U.S. is doing it. Now, in, in terms of um, the people who are already aware, but they need more enlightenment or they need more um, information or a push to be fully onboarded are the people we call the venture capitalists, you know? Wow. Mm, I totally they are agree. Mm. They are aware, but they are not, it is very, you know, for our people in Nigeria, it is, it is very, uh, <laughs> it is very hard or mm. to fail in Nigeria. Or how do I put it? It is, you don't want to fail in Nigeria. Failure is expensive in Nigeria. True. Failure mm. is expensive. Now, mm. the venture capitalists have heard about these ideas of young people. They are, they, deep down within them, they know that this idea is fantastic. But the venture capitalists don't just think about how fantastic your idea is. They think about the environment where you want to test run the idea. Exactly. Oh, wow. I, I also, when they say that this mm. idea is wonderful, but with this, with the current government policies in Nigeria, mm. can this idea scale? Mm. So when, once they think about that, they keep their money to themselves. And they mm. prefer an idea that is not as good as the idea of young people in Nigeria, maybe somewhere in Brazil, they will, a Nigerian venture capitalist will go and put his money there because there's a, an enabling environment. I want you to know that a not so good idea with an enabling environment will scale than a very fantastic idea in a bad environment. So it is very important that uh, our venture capitalists, they understand this, right? And that is why I said the government needs to start it. If the government starts it, 
the private investors and uh, private equity bankers can actually You'll be incentivized to do it. Because in mm. fact, the, the future is that the private equity um, and venture capitalist bankers take this space, you know, after mm. they've seen that the government is in full support, right? Mm. Because in that space now, we can create more competition because we believe that if the government is out of a the process, there's faster competition. All we need mm -hmm. from the government is the right policies and policies place mm -hmm. in place and they are the ones starting it off the government should have that structure for monitoring for regulation and to encourage young people you know to innovate they should young people should have the resources to prototype the ideas yeah. and then the private sector we embrace it fully but i want you to know that we have a lot of people with money to invest in young people in nigeria but they are afraid because it is expensive to fail Wow, wow, wow. So the biggest disruption has to, you know, just as the venture matrix has, has just always highlighted, it is the creation of that enabling environment. Once we can disrupt that and make sure that the environment within the agrarian community becomes a fail-safe environment for people to take more risk to create and solve their local problems, that is going to definitely change the game. So let's go, let's get into strategy session. Let's work with the worst case scenario, which we are already in, <laughs> which is, what can the undergraduate community do to create their own? Because one, one thing, one thing, you know, I, I, a mentor was told me something that, that really blew my mind. He said, anything that the government touches dies, you know? And he started forming, he started framing my thoughts of the role of government in, especially even economic um, resource management, which is, I do not think the government should be involved in um, 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 creation or in deployment of, or, 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 or even, um, yes, deployment of our economic resources. They should not be in charge of international partnerships and creating the right environment for the allocation of these resources. That is what I believe, right? So how do we create an enabling environment that's independent of the touch of the government? And the government doesn't just, just mean those are the federal government, or at the state level, or even the community, but it encompasses the government as a structure from the top to the bottom to even the, the, the university governance. Mm -hmm. Because those guys play a huge role in this conversation that you know most times we easily neglect because once we hear government, we just think of those guys up the top. So how do we create a system independent of this governance structure that can easily you know, corrupt whatever we create. So how do we create that enabling environment and still have a, a vibrant ecosystem? Yeah, uh, that's a very good question. And this is my main, um, the new model that we need to start exploring, especially in a place where there seems to be a little support from the government, in quote. Now, I, I wrote an article a while ago and I named it the rebellious power of technology. And I was talking mm. about um, technology startups in that article, the rebellious power of technology. Now, we may need to embrace that model um, to build a vibrant um, ecosystem that is um, not dependent on the government, right? Now, I spoke about the um, division that is happening in the innovation ecosystem when it comes to people starting OBS, you know, when people are starting innovation orbs and all around, um, there are different interests with these orbs. And because the truth is, 
every young person that has um, made it out of Nigeria um, in, uh, in terms of entrepreneurship, and they were not doing it in connection with the government, they still had support of the private ecosystem. Mm. I don't want to forget that. Mm. You need the support. You need a push one way or the other. And this speaks to the value you are creating. Young people must be, first of all, hardworking, and they should get a clear understanding of what they are doing. Once they get that, then collaboration can start. Mm. Do you know you can build, I've read stories of um, young entrepreneurs in different parts of the world who built a particular industry to the point where the government had no choice than to call them that, guys, come. Exactly. Mm. What are you guys doing? Like, we can see you everywhere, right? Mm. So exploring, first of all, understanding the value you want to create, mm -hmm. it must be a clear vision. Okay, mm. so we want to, a young person want to, for example, um, there's an idea that I will share with you for free, for example. A few days ago, I was thinking about, you know, many of us in our bank accounts, sometimes you just have 200 Naira left there. You have 300 Naira left in this account, sometimes for two months without another month, before another money. <laughs> mm. And then before you know it, the banks will remove 15 Naira today, 25 Naira tomorrow, card maintenance, card that you have not used. Not used. <laughs> What if, what if we create a system that saves, instead of leaving the money there for the banks to just be messing with your, we call them, uh, uh, is, it, is it chicken change? There's a, an economics name for it. What, what if we create a system that, a technology that lifts the money from your account? But many people run through your account. You have 1,000 yeah. left in this one. Uh, you have 100 naira left in this one. What if we create a system, a technology that lifts the money from your account to this system that saves the money up for, for you there instead of the bank just messing up? I, when I was living in Nigeria, I think I left 10,000 Naira in my um, in a particular account. Don't let me mention the name. I left <laughs> 10,000 Naira there. As of yesterday, um, the money is around 7,100. Ah, ah. Because I never it. used the account. I never used it. I just left 10,000 Naira there. I have 7,100. They remove card money every month, remove. They just have these names that I don't even bother reading what it means, what they are deducting my money from. Which means uh, keep, keeping your money in the bank is not the future. It is, in fact, keeping your money in the bank is leading you towards more poverty these days, yes. right? And that is why this online banking system, uh, online banks like uh, Piggy Vest, like um, um, uh, Crowd, crowd um, Carry Wise, a lot, all these platforms are the future of invest, um, keeping your money. Now, with the new uh, uh, announcement they made yesterday on you coming to the bank to fill some funds, when we have BVN, when other countries are moving away from social security number to, to Yandex. Mm. I don't understand. So the future, you know, when you begin to think like this, then you begin to create value. Then you begin, you begin to think about what you can do to disrupt that place mm. or that space or that problem you've um, identified. It's a big opportunity in Nigeria as we speak, how you can help people to keep their money and they are not losing the value for their money because mm. the banks are just deducting your money for nothing, right? So these are the kind of ideas that we can 
begin to think about and young people can begin to collaborate okay um mm. i'm good with experience design i'm mm. good with the technical part of it you know there's nothing like uh, somebody will steal your idea this is 2020 don't mm. keep your the idea you, are, you say you are keeping 10 million people are thinking about the same thing at the same time so mm. ideas this is about who starts it first not yeah. about who has it first mm. everybody is thinking so don't mm. think you know I, I was talking to a young uh, man from the university of Baden one time and he has this idea to don't, don't don't let me share the idea and he shared the idea with me and he asked me to sign non-disclosure <laughs> That is an insult to me because mm. this idea you just shared with me, I had people who shared it with me seven years ago. Oh, so wow. you are not the first person to do this thing. You want me to sign NDA because you think your idea is out of this world. This is 2020. Mm. You can only build on what you know other people have been thinking about. And if your idea is new, don't think you are the only one thinking about it. Mm-hmm. 10 million other people are thinking about it at the same time. It's about who is starting it first. Yes, sir. So don't so young people should you know leave that idea, they should come of it. They should come of it. This is 2020. Ideas are spinning everywhere in the world. Now yeah. discover the value, look for collaborators in the ecosystem, and I will encourage the private um, incubators to actually collaborate. They should not just be co-working spaces. Yes, Most in Nigeria are just co-working, co-working spaces. spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, like strong and solid structures to help the young innovators in the innovation ecosystem of our country or all around Africa so that we can build a system that is so strong that the government has no choice, you know, but to get involved. To, to give us the kind of policy and regulation that we need. When we build that kind of system, the government is the one that will sell our product outside Nigeria. Outside, exactly. Wow. Thank you so much for such a passionate, but yet very precise, uh, uh, insightful response. Um, and just for free publicity for my OAU peeps, uh, we actually have, actually one of them is here. Um, so some, some group of undergraduates in OAU who have been able to create a solution to the problem you just, you just spoke about. It's called Flux. So they help you actually save your money in dollars. So very, very amazing work that they are doing. So Flux, you guys should, um, I just gave you guys free, <laughs> free adverts. So you guys have to pay me for that. All right, that's just a joke, but all right. Awesome response. Uh, um, wow, time is fast spent, um, but we have 15 more minutes. So we're gonna just take the last question of the strategy session and then the forum together. So earlier you spoke about our untapped potential being that we, the, a, a large chunk of the undergraduate community have not discovered themselves, right? Especially as regards their economic potential to create value. Now, one big proposition, in fact, the major proposition of the Venture Matrix for the Future of Africa is to fix the local economy and transform our economies to emergent economies, meaning that when local economies can begin to create, manage, and also rep, um, um, increase, you know, their economic value, you know, part-time, that is when we start having emergent um, communities. Now, that can, be, that, can, that can become a reality when our undergraduate community who are already within these local communities begin to what, create, local, um, create global solutions to their local problems. So how do we, you know, drive self-discovery for the undergraduate community that directly impacts that narrative, that directly impacts 
you know, economic value creation, um, you know, for this ecosystem that we're trying to build? Mm. That's a very interesting question. And um, I would say that for, for undergraduates to um, be exposed to this kind of system that gives them the ideologies of um, creating something sustainable that can lead to emergent um, a market system is to, they should get off their books, their bookish mind. Hmm. For me, I regret the fact that um, throughout my four years on the graduate journey, all I was pursuing was the first class. Hmm. I had the first class, but after I had the first class, I felt this vacuum that I just wasted my four years. All I was pursuing was first class, and I had the first class. And I'm not discouraging undergraduate not to pursue academic excellence. It is very important, right? Now, but I want them to also discover that creative part. You can be a bookish person or a bookworm and still discover your creative part. For me, I spent two years in Ibadan. After living abroad, I came back home to discover my creative part, to, create, to discover other things I can do outside the school system, outside the academic system. Now, the current undergraduate have the opportunity because I can see with what you're doing with um, Venture Matrix and your campus um, uh, ambassador programs, now they, they are beginning to see that the life outside is kind of different from the four wall of any university in Nigeria, right? Because, you know, there's, there's this funny situation that happens in our Nigerian education system these days that if you are a very good student and you're undergraduate, um, most universities will ask you to come back for your master's fully sponsored, and then you go to do the master's. And by the time you are finishing the master's, the next thing your supervisor is telling you to come and start a PhD. Without actually discovering if you need a PhD at that point in time, without actually discovering what value you, what you want to live for, it's not everybody that we end up in the academia, right? And that is why we have many academic mistakes in our classrooms today, right? Because they've not been able to discover who they are. They just follow that flow. I'm good in my bachelor's. I did my master's. They asked me to go to PhD. And then they will finish the PhD frustrated. And they will now discover that, oh, I could have, I'm very good with this. You know, self-discovery as an undergraduate is very important, right? So it is the solution, the, the answer to your question is this kind of thing you're doing when the people outside who have seen how it is to always go to the campus. We should snatch the undergraduates from the academic thinking alone. And what Venture Matrix is doing is to snatch them from, for a minute from the academic thinking patterns and say, okay, you have to, your, the education you are getting, it is not just to write the exam, it is to apply. So what you're doing is to take the application to them. The classroom will teach them the, um, the knowledge, the practical yeah. way of thinking, and then you take the execution and the practical way of applying that knowledge in the classroom to them. So I will encourage um, all the, the people we call ecosystem mentors. I like what um, a big brother of mine, Emeka Osai, is doing on the University of Baden campus. Since 2007, he has been on that campus, you know, and a lot of successful entrepreneurs has come out of that program, you know. Uh, the campus lab at the University of Badon uh, is doing so much for that campus for undergraduate to apply the knowledge of the classroom to a practical life situation. Because the truth is, 
the world needs more solution providers these days. The world needs, we, do, we are tired of people speaking more English. We need more solution. We don't need more degrees. We need more solutions. We don't need more um, certificate. We need more solutions, right? And it is in this kind of um, taking this, the, the solution provision thinking pattern to the campuses. That is when we'll be able to, the undergraduate will imbibe that um, value system of venture, um, uh, value creation that can lead to emergent um, market value system. Wow, amazing, amazing, awesome. So let us round up um, on this one question. You know, with all the things that we've learned today, um, all of the insights that we've received, what is that one thing and that, that we need to, to, you know, what's that, what's that one thing we need to attack first or get right first that would, in, that would make us know that, you know, we're making measurable impact? And, and how I would like this question to be answered, sir, is it should, it should, it should, it should highlight how multi-stakeholder relationships will be formed towards, you know, through that one act. So what is the one thing that can drive multi-stakeholder relationships towards creating the enabling environments for this um, value creation ecosystem that would radically change Africa's economic outlook? My direct answer to that is that we should bring the town to the gown. You know, since the gown can no longer influence the town, we should bring the town back to the gown. Uh, the idea of starting universities is that we use the knowledge creation from the universities to innovate the society. But yeah. now this, the society is even innovating what universities can learn. So I think we should reverse that order now. We should take the, the town back to the ground so that our undergraduates will understand that it is not you making a first class. When I made a first class, I went to Abuja for a scholarship um, exam. And when I met the number of first class graduates in Nigeria, I knew I was nothing. I knew I was, my having a first class is no longer the way forward, you know, to mm. claiming uh, that you are brilliant or to claiming that you will have access to opportunities. It mm. is in your own self-discovery that your success is these days, mm. right? So mm. as they are pursuing their first class, they should also be able to discover their creative side, as I've said. Now, let us take the town back to the ground. And what are the things we are taking from the town? Let's take all the, the stakeholders I talked about in the innovation ecosystem, the venture capitalists, the um, in incubators, the accelerators. We should give them more opportunities on the university campuses, mm. right? Um, we should take um, be these angel investors and take them to the university. Even if it's through conferences and workshops or mm. even starting uh, centers on the campus, maybe we'll be able to start that conversation where young people can discover who they are. They are beginning to think more innovatively and mm. then um, value um, multiplication, we start from there, right? A company like Facebook started on a university campus, mm. right? Um, uh, things like WhatsApp and all these things, they had, all these guys had their ideas when they were undergrad, right? Mm. So it's very important that um, university undergraduate have access to tools that makes them think without the box. Mm. And that's when the foundation of restructuring this ecosystem can start. So my answer to that, let us take the town back to the ground. That's where the conversation starts from. Wow, thank you so much for, for that. Um, you know, I, and I'm so glad that even before now, you know, I've been able to 
highlights that in the Venture Matrix of the Future of Africa uh, uh, series, which is what students undergraduates need to get involved in solving their local problems and creating value out of it. So thank you so much for your time. Um, you know, we've still been able to keep the time. Um, you've, you've been an amazing contributor to this conversation and we appreciate that you, you, know, you spent some of your time to do this. So thank you very much, sir. We've come to the end of today's session on series five, the forum. We're gonna be having um, the commissioner for the fourth industrial revolution uh, in South Africa, a commissioner for the fourth industrial revolution in South Africa tomorrow to come and give us that government side um, of, 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 of ecosystem creation, especially from you know, a global and African perspective. So thank you so much, sir, for doing this. Um, I personally appreciate you. And um, you know, in the comment section, you know, there are a lot of appreciations um, being shared. So thank you very much, sir, once again. Thank you so much. And it's a pleasure having this conversation with us. All right, awesome. So do take care, sir. Do have a great day.